full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Where We Landed is supported today by Moving Real Estate, a full-service real estate firm serving Grant County. With a combined total of over 90 years of experience, our agents strive to handle each client with professionalism while navigating the ever-changing real estate market. Our focus is to provide exceptional service and build long-term relationships with our clients as they embark upon their dream home journey. There's no better feeling for us than helping people reach their home ownership goals. If you're ready to make a move, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, visit our website at movingrealestate.net, or give us a call at 765-674-MOVE. Welcome to Where We Landed. I'm Scott Miller, one of the hosts today. I've got Iris Brunner with me. hey And Alicia Hazelwood. Hello. That was a, that was a long pause. Well, I know. I, I was like playing was the role of Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> I know. She's over there. I'm on the board today. Making, the board. making sure she was ready. All yep. right. What do you got for us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So playing the role of Kylie, I get to ask the questions today and I got to pick them out too. So, <laughs> um, and our guests can participate as well. So the first question I have is, uh, is it better to have high expectations or low expectations? So for me, <laughs> I would always have high expectations because I feel like people will rise to meet them. I, so the question is, it, is it better to is have, it high, better to have or is, high or low? I mean, I think in general, I just have very high expectations, but maybe not necessarily on everybody else, definitely on myself. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the qualifier I feel like for me, definitely on myself. Like, I mean, I can't do anything. Um, there's a term my dad used to use and we were just talking about using profanity. (laughs) 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 Um, we don't need to add an E to the episode. Yeah, no, I won't say it anyways, (laughs) but I don't do anything halfway. (laughs) There you go. We all know what that is. So, yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know if it's better or worse. You know me, I don't like... um, Absolutes. Yeah, I don't don't like to live in absolute. It's a gray world. Uh, yes it's so nuanced <laughs> i feel so like if you it. Go ahead. like i expect my i expect a lot from myself and maybe from the people around me but i feel like if you always have high expectations you're easily disappointed uh-huh. but if i have low expectations like i want to say i have low expectations but i just don't <laughs> <laughs> they're high all right what Mike? about you that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's a you know Answering hypotheticals like that mm. is very difficult. I bet. Agreed. Um, so this is going to sound really nerdy. That's all right. But I'm going to d- defer to the Stoic philosopher Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> he, he addresses this specifically in the um, meditation, his work at the meditations. Mm-hmm. Oh. And he says to have very high expectations for yourself and very low expectations in others because people are going to let you down. Mm-hmm. Ah. And uh, if you expect it, it's you're going to be prepared for it and you're uh, not going to be disappointed mm-hmm. and you're going to be able to react to it appropriately and help them. Um, and so I'm going to stick with Marcus Aurelius on this one. Perfect. All right. All right. Question two, what is at the top of your bucket list? Mine is travel. This is a crazy one, but I want to visit every country in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that would be at the top of my bucket list. 
And I want to play Augusta National Golf Course. <laughs> at V1B. Yeah, so I don't have a bucket list. Um, so maybe the top of my bucket list would be to get my kids graduated and move out and then make a bucket list. There you go. <laughs> uh, they're all my focus. That's all. So mm -hmm. top of my bucket list has always been to take my camera and go to South Africa and shoot the jumping white sharks. Ah. That's just I don't know what it is. Like, I just think it would be, I don't want to get in the water with them. I want to be on the boat and like shooting them. Well, so let's that's go my, to South Africa. That's my top I of my bucket list. Totally yeah. want to do that. Those are all really I'm, good. I'm Googling. Those are all yeah, really good. Those are shark, good ones. Cause I don't know what that looks yeah, like. Yeah. The first thing that jumped in my, my mind was not dying is the top of my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an awesome podcast. <laughs> um, and the second thing was like, you know, to, to live long enough to see my like, Consciousness downloaded into a robot. That would be really good. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, I think that's coming soon. That I hope terrifies so. me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I have a bucket list either. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last one. Make Super fun. easy. What's the best Halloween costume you've ever worn? I was an M&M. You were what color? <laughs> I think I was yellow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say probably my best Halloween costume I ever did but no one knew who I was. <laughs> so it was my favorite. I don't know about everybody else. Um, so um, Kristen Wiig on SNL, uh -huh. I always Hilarious. pull um, inspiration from her. And so I made myself a ghillie costume. <laughs> so you guys have to go. Everybody kept going, who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> a ghillie. Uh-huh. Okay. So my absolute favorite Halloween costume, my mom made for me and I was rainbow bright. Ooh. And she did the whole thing. I, I even had the hair and the ponytails. And yeah. That's fun. See that. Yeah. So it was really cool. I'll have to see if I can find a picture, but yeah. yeah. It, it was 1978, I think. It must've been 1978. Um, my mom and my dad and I uh, made a Jawa costume from Star Wars. Oh, uh, nice. Where even the, the, um, the eyes lit up lights. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. That was the best costume ever made, but that was my favorite yeah. costume I ever made. Cause it was, you know, star Wars and my mom and my dad and I Did it worked on this and put it together. And all the kids in the neighborhood thought it was really cool, especially when it got dark. Um, that was really cool. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that was, those are some good ones. Those are You're fun. welcome. Minus that first one. Really <laughs> it's an absolute. I'm <laughs> sorry. Absolute. I don't do good with those. So, uh, well, I have the privilege today to introduce our guest. Uh, today in studio, we are welcoming Dr. Mike Kahn. He is the Chief Medical Officer of Radiant Health. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Have I'm really day. excited because I've only, oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I get to learn the fanfare. It was a little delayed, but yeah. we're still glad yeah. to have and you my, here. My yeah. This is not my that. normal job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what were you going to say? No, I was excited because I've always, in the community, known you as Dr. Khan. So I was, my favorite thing already is I now know your first name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Thank you for being here. So the first question we always ask is, how did you land here? How did I land here? Well, it, it all started... I was in the Navy. I was in the Navy for about 14 years or so. Some of that was, was as a student, um, but I was in the Navy for about 14 years. And uh, I loved being in the Navy. I really enjoyed it. Um, I worked with wonderful people, um, people that I really admired and looked up to. And I just really enjoyed 
being a, a Navy officer and, and certainly a Navy doctor and a Navy psychiatrist. But I struggled in the Navy. I am an introvert um, uh, almost to a pathological extent. And it's really difficult to be a Navy officer and um, be an introvert. Also, I struggled with my weight. Uh, and it's difficult to be a Naval officer and struggle with your weight. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 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 an opportunity arose to um, finish my commission and move on. And um, I thought it was it was appropriate time. And the Navy thought it was an appropriate time too. They were um, they were on board with that with that plan. And uh, my dad had just died about a year before, and I was kind of heartbroken. And um, uh, my life was was upside down at the time. I I was estranged uh, from my wife, and at the time, and things were just not going well. And it was time to 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 change the scenery. Mm. And uh, I was stationed at the what was at the time the Naval Hospital in um, in Bethesda. Maryland right now it's it's the uh, current um, uh, Walter Reed mm -hmm. um, and I uh, left the Navy and uh, returned home to uh, the central course central coast of California uh, to a very dysfunctional home life um, I, I, I tried to return to the to the home with my estranged uh, who's now my ex-wife and uh, my three children who are, uh, one was just starting high school. The other two were in middle, middle school. And um, I had a little bit of savings put together, um, but not, not very much. Uh, I had a, a, a license, a medical license, but in the, in the military, you just need a medical license for some state. It doesn't matter what state. And many military physicians have an Indiana medical license because it's cheap and easy to maintain. Interesting. So I, even though I, I think I had driven through Indiana once at that point, uh, I had a Indiana medical license and I wanted to work on getting a California medical license. And so I was uh, uh, working on that, that process, but it was expensive and it was taking some time and, and my um, savings was dwindling quickly. Uh, and I didn't have uh, any kind of safety net beyond that savings, but I had this Indiana medical license. And when I was processing out of the Navy, one of the civilian psychologists had mentioned, Oh, don't, don't forget uh, that when you're uh, uh, in between jobs, there's this, there's this thing that doctors do called locum tenens work, uh, which is basically, you know, you hire yourself out as a temporary doc. Mm -hmm. And uh, while we were, sitting there uh, trying to figure out how we're going to make this last, you know, $2,000 or so that I had uh, keep us fed and with a roof over our house. I thought, Oh, I remember that. That one fellow told me about locums work. Uh, I should probably look into that because my, my California medical license is not about to, to manifest here. We're probably several months away on that. So I, I called a recruiting uh, agent and they said, okay, yeah, sure. We got lots of uh, positions open. Uh, in 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 Indiana, um, let's see what we can do. And uh, so I was sitting there uh, one uh, winter morning. Of course, this is in Central California where it was sunny and warm, and not uh, winter, not yeah. winter, and <laughs> not uh, our winter, right? Yeah. <laughs> not, not, certainly not uh, uh, an Indiana winter morning, but a, a nice warm uh, uh, Central California uh, morning. 
Uh, I was sitting there in some uh, shorts and a t-shirt and I get a phone call and it's, it's Paul Kazora, who was at the time, the CEO of Grant Blackford mental health. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he introduced himself and uh, told me that they were interested in hiring a locum docs. And uh, he started telling me about what the agency does, uh, which is to provide mental health care for people who, you know, kind of across the socioeconomic spectrum um, and across the age range. Um, but he made a point to, to let me know that they provide mental health care to people who otherwise would, would not be able to afford it, that they were a safety net healthcare provider. And uh, that's largely the mission of the agency was to uh, provide uh, mental health care and substance use treatment to, to, to the poor. And uh, there was just something about uh, him and his passion and to his description of the mission that just really resonated with me. Um, and the fact that they were willing to pay me sounded really nice. Um, because, uh, oh. like I said, we were down to maybe a month's worth of, of, uh, of cash at, at that time. And, um, uh, and so I, I came out to Indiana thinking, yeah, I'll probably be here, uh, for a month or two. Uh, my California license is just, you know, around the corner and, um, we'll be great. And, you know, it was, it also became very clear to me during that time that I was estranged from who would become my ex-wife. I was estranged from her for very good reasons. Uh, it was just not working out. And we were, we had agreed that, yeah, we're, we're going to press forward with our divorce and, and, uh, uh, we gave it a good try, but you know, yeah. this is not, um, this is not, uh, this is, this is not working and we're going to have to press forward with this. So, um, I, came to uh, Indiana and um, they put me up, you know, right next door uh, in the castle apartments, um, which was a little, um, um, unusual. The, the, the layout of the, of the building is, is a little unusual, but I, mm -hmm. I thought it was really nice. Um, it was a big spacious place and, and uh, I, I, I kind of liked it in there. Um, and, uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, uh, Paul's uh, company and they set me up with a nice little office and said, okay, you know, here you go. And uh, the, the, the first gentleman who, who came into my office uh, told me that uh, I needed to, to uh, shut up and stop asking him questions and prescribe his meds because it was James Earl Ray day and he had things to do. <laughs> and uh, I was like, James Earl Ray, that sounds familiar. James Earl Ray. And he continued to, you know, kind of push and prod me and, and get me to, to do his bidding. And I, I was James Earl Ray. That's a, I know who that is. Who was that? And I, I Googled it while he was kind of talking in my ear and uh, James Earl Ray. Oh God. That's the guy who killed Martin Luther King. Oh my God. What have I gotten myself into here? <laughs> so I, I took care of that guy as best I could and, uh, uh, you know, locked the computer and walked over to Paul's office. And I was like, you know, I really appreciate what you've done for me here. Uh, it's been, it's been nice, but I don't really think I can, I can work under these circumstances. This, yeah. this is just not, not for me. Um, you know, I had come from, uh, you know, Southern California, which is a very metropolitan, uh, uh part of the world. Uh, I just come from the Navy where it's a, you know, you, you meet people from all walks of life. Yeah. Um, and now I had just sat and had the most racist encounter of my entire life. Yeah. And I was 
Um, but Paul talked me down and I said, not to please don't give up on these people. Um, uh, this is what they've grown up in. And um, there's, there's still a lot of goodness here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay, let's see what we can, what we can do. Um, and that was about the worst I've ever seen it. That was, that was a pretty bad encounter, but mm-hmm. that was the worst I've seen since I've been here and I've been here for 13 years now. Um, and so we continued on. About, oh, I don't know, a, a week or so later, I was working at the community support program mm-hmm. and the, the, the conditions working at, at Grand Blackford at the time were very different than in the Navy. In the Navy, obviously, everyone wears a uniform and everyone wears a, a little device on their collar or on their sleeve that kind of tells you where, who, where, they, are who they are and what they're doing. Status, yeah. And mm-hmm. all my coworkers at Grand Blackford uh, are wearing, obviously, civilian clothes and casual clothes. And so I don't know who everyone is and what their role is. And sometimes it's very difficult to tell the difference between the patients and the coworkers. And so this, this woman walks into my office and she is very intense and uh, she starts you know, rattling off all these questions at me and I, I don't know the answer to any of them. And I said, you know, I'm very sorry. Maybe if you asked your case manager, she'll be able to, to help you with, with this because I don't know what you're even talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably said a little nicer than that, but that was kind of the gist. Anyway, uh, that woman was actually a case manager herself <laughs> and would go on to be one of our, our therapists. And actually, I would go on to marry that person. And then she's <laughs> <laughs> That is probably one of the best marriage stories I have heard ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to see your case manager. <laughs> uh, and uh, what I was detecting that day was just her, her, her intense um, goodness and um, kindness and... Um, her, her, her drive to um, uh, uh, get fr- from the people that she interacts with the, the, the stuff that she needs for the people that she's caring for. Yeah. Um, and in my very um, new brain to the, to the situation, I was just having difficulty uh, interpreting what, what she was asking me for. Yeah. Um, but boy, did I feel silly when I. That intense that, passion. Yes. Right. Right. Uh, the the do gooderness which I see in in all of our employees, um, uh, I, I I I certainly saw it a lot in in the Navy, um, and I was surprised how much I see it outside the Navy because you know I was a little frightened to to leave the Navy because I thought you know I'll never see this kind of passion and mm-hmm. organization and um, dedication outside the Navy. Uh, you know when I when I looked at the world-class substance use treatment that people were getting in the Navy. Of course, it was all related to alcohol because anything else, sure. if you're using it in the Navy, you're, you're, you're gone. Yeah. Um, and I thought I'd never see that anywhere else. Why was I wrong? You know, we, we really do uh, have a world-class substance use uh, treatment at, at now uh, Radiant Health. It's amazing. Dr. Khan, what are you passionate about? That's a good question. Family, certainly. Um, passionate about family. 
certainly the, the the first thing that jumped into my 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 thoughts when you asked the question. So tell us about your family. Well, I have uh, three daughters. Uh, my oldest, Bree, she lives in uh, she, she still lives in the central coast of uh, California, uh, and she has a whole a whole brood of children. So my grandchildren are very important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and she has a a, a blended family. Um, and we don't, we don't make any, any distinctions there. They're your babies too. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then my, my middle child, uh, Amanda, she lives in Los Angeles, Long Beach, technically, but she, uh, uh, is a graphic, uh, design, uh, specialist. Um, and then, uh, she doesn't have any kids yet, but we're working on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then my, my youngest, uh, Julia, she lives, uh, in Fisher's. And has hmm. and has two children, uh, uh, Benjamin and Mia. Uh, Mia was born as, spe- as special needs. Um, I, I can't remember the, the the name of the disorder that she has. I, I never committed it to memory because I don't believe it. Mm. Um, just because she has one or two of the symptoms, but none of the rest. Yeah. And so I never bothered to 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 commit the uh, the name of the diagnosis uh, to memory. Uh, she's she was um, she experienced uh, inner uh, uterine uh, growth retardation. And uh, she, when she was born, uh, her her pupils were uh, not correctly formed. Mm-hmm. She she had uh, clouded uh, clouded over eyes, and she's had a, a rough uh, couple years. Um, uh, she's very small for her age, and she's had um, some developmental delays. But my daughter Julia is just a fantastic mother, and uh, she uh, even though Mia's development has been slow. It's been consistent. She's just continued to uh, make slow but 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 steady uh, progress. Yeah. So you really love being a grandpa. I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, but are you a grandpa or what? What's your? It name? depends on who you ask. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. To the kids mm. in California, I'm Papa Mike. Uh, Papa Mike. Papa Mike. Uh, to uh, uh, Eli, the my grandson who, who lives with us, uh, I'm Grandpa. Uh, to Julia's kids, I'm Baba. 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 Yeah. Aww. I love that. I love all the different names. Yep. <laughs> right. Very, very cool. D- does a particular individual um, inspire you? So I think about the work that you do, and it doesn't have to be through work, but even personally, is there somebody that inspires you? Um, you know, my, my, I mentioned my dad. Uh, my dad was a, a big inspiration to me. Um, my dad was a, a, a polymath. He could do he, he could do a lot of different things. Um, he was um, uh, uh, multilingual. You know, he could he could speak uh, obviously English and uh, Japanese and Spanish. Uh, he was he was a musician, uh, and and the way he was a musician was wonderful because um, he certainly understood music theory very well, um, and he 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 could play the piano and the saxophone and uh, a, a number of different percussion instruments, but he wasn't very good at any of them, but he just loved to do it. Um, and he loved to practice and he was just bad at it, but he didn't care. <laughs> yeah, he enjoyed he, it. He enjoyed yeah. it. And he, mm-hmm. he enjoyed the people who were, who were good at it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was so awesome uh, that uh, his, his, his appreciation was so sweet. Standing next to him, appreciating something was was wonderful. Uh, my mom um, is is another uh, inspiration to me. She was um, uh, is so because my mom is still living. Uh, is, is so kind and um, 
generous and patient uh, and so well organized. You know, when, when the world is falling apart, um, it was it's to my mom that everyone would kind of flock and say, okay, mm-hmm. our world is, is falling apart here. We have this crisis. What do we do? Um, and she was always the one who, who would organize us into being able to cope with whatever crisis was happening. Um, and I, you know, I think that, that that's some, those are qualities that I certainly would want to, um, emulate. And I, and as she's gotten older and her, um, memory is not so good anymore. Um, uh, family is ho- hopes that that's a, that's that's my role now. Mm. I don't know if I do it quite as well as she does, um, but that's that's become my my role. Yeah, the, the calm and the storm. Yeah. Where where is home for her right now? She lives in in California. She lives with uh, with two of my two of my sisters. Okay. Yeah. Um, my family has always been very tight and enjoyed cohabitation. I have not. <laughs> Hence uh, the Navy. Yes. <laughs> I, I've, I've enjoyed being nearby yeah. and visiting a lot, but I, I am not a, 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 a share of space. A share of space. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly enjoy being nearby though. I, I don't, uh, I'd like to be in my own space. Yeah. Where We Landed is supported today by Moving Real Estate, a full-service real estate firm serving Grant County. With a combined total of over 90 years of experience, our agents strive to handle each client with professionalism while navigating the ever-changing real estate market. Our focus is to provide exceptional service and build long-term relationships with our clients as they embark upon their dream home journey. There's no better feeling for us than helping people reach their home ownership goals. If you're ready to make a move, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, visit our website at movingrealestate.net, or give us a call at 765-674-MOVE. Normally, we'll hold a particular question till the end, but I'm curious, are, are you a reader? And if you are, is there any, what book are you reading right now? Well, I just finished because uh, he, he just passed away. Uh, Harold... Kushner's book, When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Uh, he was a conservative rabbi. Yeah. Uh, who I think the book came out in the 1980s, probably early 80s, like 1981 or something like that. Um, and uh, he, I, 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 I was surprised that he died because I thought he was, I thought he had already died. I thought he, he died like 10 years ago. And then the news came out that he died, I think, last week. Oh. Um, and I remember reading the book, uh, in medical school and it making a big impression on me. I, I dis the, his theology, uh, that he put forward in the book was disturbing and I just couldn't accept it. Um, and so it was difficult to absorb any of the rest of the book. Excuse me. I'm a psychiatrist. I don't do a lot of talking. Usually I do a lot of listening. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all right. Yeah. We've got, like we said, post-production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all good. 
uh, but this this time around, I've been able to either accept the theology, accept that it it could be true, um, and even if it's true or not, there's still a lot of valuable things in the book, and um, either use them or acknowledge I kind of already use use them in my practice. Yeah. Was there one takeaway that you'd have from the book that you'd say, hey, this was a key concept for you personally that you took away from it? When people are in pain and they're suffering and you don't know what to do, but you want to comfort them, don't use not knowing what to do as an excuse to do to, to stay away. Mm. And and just do something, yeah. or, or just go and and sit and be silent with them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is still comforting mm-hmm. to let them know that you're there and that you're on on their side, um, and that they're not suffering alone. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of my job is simply sitting and and bearing witness to people's pain. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I have no idea what to, what to say to people. How, how do you how do you really comfort someone? Uh, who was horribly sexually abused 50 years ago. Their sexual abuser is long since dead. Um, what, 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 what can really be said? Yeah. I think somewhere along the line, I heard somebody say, um, like, if you don't know what to say or you don't know what to do, like you can say, I'm happy to sit with you in the dark. Mm-hmm. right like because yes. it's a dark space mm-hmm. um and it takes very special people i think to do the type of work that you do that therapists do where you're hearing these constant um stories and to be the person that's willing to sit in the dark moments with people and it brings me back to being that type of person what do you do to take care of yourself in that self-care kind of way as you're you're pouring out so much. I exercise a lot. That helps. Um, it helps to, well, I, I exercise helps just to, just to be healthy, mm-hmm. you know, because if, if you're physically unfit, it's helped to be, it's hard to be mentally fit. And I mentioned that I've struggled with, with my weight and that's true. But even as my weight goes up and down, I think my physical fitness has at least been moderately good the whole time because I, I've been exercising the whole time. And it makes it, e- it easier to sleep. A big part of, of sleeping, and I think there's some research evidence to back this up, a big part of the reason why we sleep is to forget, to process and forget, mm. to just get rid of things that we don't really need to hold on to. And I think <clears throat> that a lot of the the stories that I that I hear, that I keep inviolably secret, mm-hmm. that I don't really need to hold, that I don't need to remember, Mm-mm. I get rid of while I'm sleeping. Mm. And I think there's research that backs that up. Uh, you, you asked me, uh, you, you mentioned that one of the questions that you know, you know, I might be asked is, is what I'm watching. It It may sound silly, but I watch a lot of TikTok. <laughs> Me too. We all yes, TikTok. <laughs> I'm validated. And what, what I watch on TikTok is um, is uh, pedicures. 
and, and people getting in, ingrown toenails removed. It's like people watching Pimple Popper, right? Like yeah. it's it's kind of like that. But and uh, I I joke with people, and they say, "Why did you go into psychiatry?" And I tell tell people, "Well, I was I was in primary care originally. I, you know, I actually did a family practice internship, and I, I say it kind of jokingly, but not exactly jokingly that I." The reason why I went to psychiatry is I just got tired of looking at people's feet. Yeah. <laughs> and now you watch TikTok feet? Well, <laughs> well, it, it's even worse than that because a lot of psychiatry, especially inpatient psychiatry, is looking at people's feet. Uh, we At least once a year, at least once a year, we catch um, someone with frostbite in their feet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it may not surprise you that people who are, uh, who are having a psychotic break in the middle of winter either – because they're um, uh, they're they're experiencing thermo dysregulation, or because they're they're um, uh, the, the voices are are distracting them so much that they're just standing out in the middle of the snow with no shoes on, or it, it, oh, with wow. uh, wet shoes and socks on, and they're just standing there getting frostbite. So at least once a year we catch someone with with uh, frostbite in the winter, and it's not uncommon for us to catch a, a case or two of trench foot during the, mm. during the summer, or we'll have someone who has walked from, I don't know, from Indianapolis to Marion in, in one, in one go because they're experiencing yeah. psychosis or mania and it, the, the pain in their feet is not an issue. Yeah. So there's a lot of foot care in psychiatry. Little did I know when I left primary care, how much <laughs> foot um, care I was going to be giving. Yeah. There's, a certain satisfaction to dealing with an ingrown toenail. You, you numb up the toe, you get in there with your little instrument, you you remove the, the uh, offending little uh, half of the toenail, you pull it out, you start some antibiotics, and they get better. Yeah, Psychiatry does not work like that, especially mm -hmm. for the severe and persistently mentally ill folks. Mm -hmm. you, you, you start a medication, you... Watch for side effects. Yep. You wait, you wait, you wait. The, the patient may hate it. They may hate you. Mm -hmm. You wait, you wait, you, you get side effects. You try and deal with the side effects. You wait, you wait. The nurses are getting impatient because the patient has been on the unit now for days or weeks. Mm -hmm. You wait. And then you start to see this little glimmer of hope that the, the, the uh, the um, symptoms are starting to recede a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then slowly over weeks, sometimes months, you get the slow regression of symptoms and then towards uh, hopefully will be some sort of healthy baseline. Psychiatry works like that a lot. You know, yeah. it's very rare where, you know, someone comes in and they're experiencing a symptom and you give them a pill and boom, they feel better. Sometimes that happens, and that's very gratifying when we see that in psychiatry. Um, but no, it, it's very un, un, uncommon where it happens like that. Where in podiatry, the 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 time course between presentation and cure is much shorter and much more certain. When you go to your podiatrist uh, after you've I don't know fallen off a ladder. And you've got pain in your foot. You get an X-ray. Oh, look, you have His a bones broke. You, you have a, <laughs> yeah. a fracture of your your fifth metatarsal. Yeah, we can fix that. You get that done when you go to your psychiatrist, and you've got 
list of symptoms, it's it's not so simple. And when you, you know, when like I said, when you when you have sexual trauma from fifty years ago, there's I can't put a splint on that. No, there's no, no surgery that's going to fix that. Um, and quite honestly, the a medication may help, but it's just going to help. Um, right. Psychiatry is um, a very difficult profession, and being able to watch. Uh, somebody uh, shave a few layers of extra skin off someone's uh, plantar wart and, and blast it <laughs> and blast it with uh, um, uh, liquid nitrogen and effect a cure. <sighs> it's fixed. It's fixed. And that's, that's just, yeah. The gratification of something being fixed for yeah. Dr. Khan is yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I watch a lot of that. Yeah. It's just um, relaxing. So it's good. I, <laughs> that's really good. I gotta ask because you, I'm still stuck on how you met your wife by telling her to see her caseworker. So tell us more about that relationship. Is she from here? Do you guys have children? What does that, um, since family is so important to you, what's that side she, of family she was, like? She was actually born in, in Torrance, California, which is like. And you met here. Yeah. How yeah. odd is that? She, Love it. she was born. That's so cool. Like one city over from where I was born. Wow. Yeah. Very close to where I was born. Um, and then life happens and you do all these zigzags around the country and all these broken relationships mm -hmm. and heartaches mm -hmm. and kids. And then somehow you find each other. And we, we kind of needed to go through all that to be just right for each other. Yeah. If we had made it any other different time in our lives, we would have just passed each other and yeah. not even, it wouldn't even, you know, raised a, an eyebrow, but you know, we were just, it was just right. So, uh, and she has, she has three girls and I have three girls. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she did most of her growing up, um, uh, here in, in Indiana though. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and I, and I did, you know, most of my growing up in, in Southern California, some in, some in South Jersey, uh, for me, um, but most of my growing up in Southern California. So any good date spots? When you were going through the relationship here um, in Grant County, that you know, say, I'm, I'm, hey, a is... uh, I'm a terrible date. I'm a terrible date. You know, uh, Applebee's. Uh -huh. You know, um, yeah, I'm a terrible date. Um, Any date spots you're thinking now that you're a terrible date that you think, oh, I should probably take her out to here? <laughs> um, no, you know, I really can't think of. You know, we spend a lot of time at her place, a lot of time at my place, you know, because we're, we're, you know, adults. Um, at, at that time, we were both in our late 40s. <coughs> and so we just, we both did a lot of entertaining either at, at her place, mm -hmm. but at that time I lived at the, at the jail. Uh, <laughs> you castle. Know, here, castle. Here at the castle, sorry. <laughs> Small at the jail. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I should probably specify that I was literally <laughs> yeah. at the jail. Just, just a little quick <laughs> clarification yeah. trying yeah. to help you out yeah. there. Not incarcerated at <laughs> the time. He was not. <laughs> it's, an old, it's an old jail that's been modified into apartments. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and so, and, and we went, you know, kind of like we went to uh, on a date 
uh, we went to to Brown County uh, to, the, to the state park there for yeah. for a for a day and an afternoon and evening. That was wonderful. That was a really nice time, just to kind of get to know each other and to see what spending a, a long drive was like, uh, and a, and a picnic in an afternoon, and and that was wonderful. And how long have you guys been married now? Sorry, I just put you in the total man spot where it's like, well, that's not how long it's been. <laughs> that's okay, because e- each year we that we've been married, we say, did we miss our anniversary this year? <laughs> oh, perfect. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. So it's both of us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we've been married for five years now. Nice. So Very one nice. of the things we like to talk about a lot, too, is so obviously um, you've kind of seen many spaces and places. Um, but yet for some reason you still continue to make this your home job aside, you know, maybe you, what, what does like that social piece look like that, that still keeps you here? Or it could be job, right? Uh, well, it could be job. <laughs> my, my social piece is, is my job. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I, uh, I mentioned that I'm a, I'm an introvert and so I get all my my friend fulfillment through work. Okay. Uh, and you know, my, my children as they've grown into adulthood have become my friends and that's kind of how it works in my family. Um, my, my relationship with my dad was just starting to become, we we're just becoming friends when, when he died. Um, so that was a terrible loss. Uh, and now, you know, with my with my adult kids, we're we're friends. Um, and of course, I'm friends with my with my mom and my sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you know, Tammy is my best friend, my wife. Uh, and the the other friendships that I that I have are through are through work. Yeah. Um, and then when the day is over, the work day is over. I've had enough. <laughs> I'm done on. peopling. That's yeah. what we said. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And so I think I did. I answer your question. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> now I gotta know though: is your wife an introvert yes. or an extrovert? She's an introvert. Okay. Yes. Sorry. So you guys yeah. come home. Now I'm picturing like you guys come home. <coughs> We've peopled today. Do you sit quietly in the living room and read or watch TV? But like, are introverted together, or do you introvert separately? <laughs> like, what is that? Because I. Obviously, I'm an extrovert. My husband is an introvert. So I go do things and he works in his workshop. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it works out really nice um, because we, we each have our things to do. And so we either do them quietly together mm-hmm. um, or in different rooms, often in different rooms because she has a different internal thermometer than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and she likes the, I just need our listeners to know Scott's reaction to that one was great. Yeah. Well, cause my <laughs> wife likes the house literally at 59 and I like it at like 70. <laughs> 59 sounds nice. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> so, we got a spot for you. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only time, that we can agree on what temperature it should be is, is during a hot flash. Oh. Uh, otherwise, you know, she likes it to be 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's warm. It is warm. And I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I, well, I wasn't being lit, literal, although I think, well. you know, she has a space heater in her little, uh, 
uh, workshop room. Um, and I bet you it's probably close to 80 in that room at times. Yeah. Yeah, you walk in and it's me, Florida. I was to say, me and Tammy, we're on the same yeah. right? <laughs> and I, you know, I do most of my things on the on the main floor of the house where it's it's several degrees cooler. cooler. Yes, <laughs> yes. And she she her main hobby is dollhouse oh. building, and she's really good at it. Hmm. And she can miniaturize just about anything. Interesting. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's a little bit of a lost hobby. art, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of people who do it still. Yeah. yeah. And what's your hobby? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't TikTok? Know I, TikTok, is, mm-hmm. TikTok is just, it'll really suck <laughs> suck your time away. <laughs> I'm so happy to know this because I'm going to start sending you all kinds of videos. <laughs> T- uh, TikTok, TikTok can be, you know, uh, I try not to let it suck too much time away. Maybe, I don't know. Anything I tell you is going to be a lie. <laughs> well, you said you were going to embellish yeah, and lie, embellish. so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll minimize and say that I only I only take talk for a half hour a day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You you didn't I'm even gonna convince round, yourself. Yeah. I'm going to round that. Yeah. I'm going to round that up yeah, to two hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably closer to the truth. Yeah, that's really but great. You, but you, but you can kind of like TikTok in between things, you know, like like standing in line at the grocery store. I'm on TikTok. I like that you just made it into a verb too. Yeah. You can TikTok, TikTok. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I TikTok comedy shows, like <laughs> any little snippets of comedy. I love to laugh. That's my, that's yeah. my vice on TikTok. Yep. We, we had talked a little bit earlier about Rabbi Kushner's book. And I'm curious, is there another book that you've read that changed you? Um, I'm a reader. So I always am trying to figure out like what, what's a meaningful book for other people. And so I don't know if there's one that speaks to you. I don't know. There's, there's been so many. What's yours, Scott? Mine is How to Win Friends and Influence People oh, by Dale Carnegie. I, so, yeah, I think you've shared that before. Yeah. yeah. A college professor kind of took me under his wing and said, hey, I think this would be a good book for you. And sure enough, it seemed to be very practical. So I, I don't remember if it, was, if it was in that book or another, another one similar, but there was, there was a line that it went something like, let people have the power that they have anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, I've always found it to be a very useful way of, of diffusing people. Not to, that, that doesn't, that sounds manipulative and I don't mean for it to be, but it, it, it's a way to, to, to let people know that you, you respect who they are mm-hmm. and to um, let the, let them know you appreciate them and who, and who they are and, and their position and their, their role and their authority and their, their practice and their, their skill set. And I've, I've always found that to be a a useful, a useful tool, Uh, especially, you know, being, being the new guy uh, in, in any, any particular uh, uh, scene or scenario uh, just, uh, letting, letting the, letting the, 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 uh, the top dog know, I know you're the top dog or even, even letting the, 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 uh, 
the, the Indians know, Hey, I know that you, you know what you're doing. Uh, and I respect that. And, and, uh, you know, I may be the, the, the psychiatrist, but I know that you're the, the, the tech and you know what you're doing. And, and I really appreciate that you're here. And, um, and I know that you have talents and an important role to play here. I don't, I don't remember if it was from that book, but if, if not, it's it a great concept though. It is. Sure is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Dr. Khan, thank you so much sure. for what you're doing in our community um, and the difference that you make in people's lives. And oftentimes when maybe at times they're not at their best. Um, and so thank you for caring about people and investing in them and, and investing in Grant County. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm happy to do it. Yeah. We, we have had a great time with you today and thanks for joining us on Where We Landed. For those Listeners, please do subscribe or hit like as you listen to the show and uh, tell your friends and family about it. Dr. Khan, thanks again. Everybody have a great week. Thank See you. See ya. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.